All right, so Christmas is over. The holidays aren't officially over yet, but um, we are done with our Advent series. So starting next Sunday, we're actually going to move into our longest sermon series yet. We're going to go through the whole book of Matthew, and we're going to take our sweet time doing it. So we'll be in Matthew for quite a while next year. Um, but this week, we're going to take a little break in between, um, and it's been a little while since we did this, but we're going to do um, some written on our hearts testimonies. So for those of you who don't know or don't remember, this is where uh, we just get a few people in our body to share a bit about a scripture that God has really written on their heart and really taught them um, just how to live or how to deal with some situation in their life through this scripture. Um, and hopefully as as they share about that, each of us can reflect in our own lives about what are these scriptures for us that have really been written on our hearts um, through the things that we've gone through and the things that God have taught us. So we're going to have Taylor Nelson and Scott Dugan share with us. So Taylor, you can start making your way up here. Um, so yeah, let's give them our attention and, and just hear um, about what God has been teaching each of them through the scripture. I'll uh, say a prayer and then Taylor can share. God, I just thank you for this morning. Um, I thank you for your word and just how precious it is to us. Um, I pray that you would speak through Taylor and Scott as they share with us about um, yeah, just what you've taught them through your words, and may we all be attentive to that. In Jesus' name, amen. While I'm up here, I'll go ahead and do the honors of dismissing Jam. All right. Good morning, you guys. Uh, like James said, my name is Taylor, and the scripture that I wanted to share about this morning that's written on my heart is Romans 12, 2. And it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So I intentionally memorized this scripture a while back when I was a junior in college, and at that time, I was seeking scriptures to cling to when I felt really discouraged or distressed about my body image or eating habits. Um, and I'm sure many of you can relate, but there have been plenty of times in my life where my thoughts have just been completely consumed by what I look like or more than that, what people think of me. Um, yeah, so the worry about my image, specifically around my body and how people perceived my beauty and my health, cause crippling worry and fear at times. But the scripture, Romans 12, 2, just continually reminded me that no matter what the world or culture says about what a woman's body should look like, um, or a man's, I don't have to conform to that, and I don't have to let society's opinions rule over my own. I can choose to have my mind and my thoughts renewed by the Spirit and allow God to tell me what my body should look like and what things I ought to be primarily concerned about. And the more that I reflected, the more that I was brought back to God's reality and realization um, that the type of body that society tends to expect of or demand of women is not necessarily what God wants or expects. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Romans 12, 2 has spoken life into that specific situation um, and how I thought about my body, my image, and beauty in general. And just as the scripture says to be renewed, I had to put forth the effort um, into reading more scripture to see what God thinks about our bodies and how we view and treat them. And by the way, if you are wondering, spoiler alert, it does not say anything about women being skinny or avoiding carbs. Um, 
But I had to purposefully spend time in prayer asking God for his thoughts and meditating on his truth. Um, I had to choose to allow the spirit to renew my mind. But it was a conscious decision I had to make. It didn't just happen naturally. Um, because transforming the way we think doesn't happen on its own. It's really hard to swim against the current. But by allowing God to renew my mind, I found fuller life and more stable truth to cling to. And God has transformed my thoughts now to believe that our bodies are inherently valuable, no matter what they look like, um, and that food and movement are both gifts from him to be enjoyed and delighted in. But before I got to this conclusion, I needed God's spirit to reveal the lies of the world around me that I was believing and then allow him um, to change my heart so that I could adopt his mentality instead. So I did memorize that scripture with the intention of it impacting how um, I view my body and about body image and food, but the Spirit has continued to use it in many other areas of my life too, um, because unfortunately the worry and fear, fear that I've had um, around what people think of me has not just been limited to my body image. So um, lately God has really been using this scripture to interfere with the thoughts and the worry that I have surrounding the opinions of my bosses and my coworkers. So my first full-time job out of college was working for Focus, which is um, the college ministry that our church is connected to. And um, all of my coworkers and bosses in that setting in a lot of ways embodied God's thinking, or at least we're trying their very best to. And so I definitely still thought about what people on the focus staff cared about me, but I also had the peace of knowing that they were on board with Jesus's way of thinking. But now um, I work in a public school and have found Romans 12 2 to be even more beneficial in this new work environment that I have. Um, because for 40 or more hours a week, I'm surrounded by opinions that very often come from the world and not necessarily from God. Um, and I definitely believe that God is doing really good, awesome work in the public school system. Um, and even though I see my work as kingdom work, I still think I ought to be cautious about the ways that I'm being influenced by this setting. Um, so since I've started teaching, I now hear a lot more voices from the outside world than I used to when I was working for um, Focus, because that was part of the body where people were trying to lift me up in God's ways. But um, even though I love the people that I work around now, it's not necessarily a lot of their intentions to build me up um, in a way that honors God. So again, it takes more effort to believe now um, or more effort to live out not conforming to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of my mind. So, for example, I've been told many times to find my teacher voice um, when and when I've been caught yelling at my students, um, I've actually been affirmed and praised by other adults in the school. Um, and I think that there is a perfectly appropriate time and place to raise my voice if the if the actions are... I don't know, match that consequence. However, a lot of times, if I'm yelling, it's not because the action uh, should receive that, but it's because I'm annoyed and stressed. Um, and I want my classroom to be a place where my kids are met with the grace and self-control of Jesus. So even if the higher-ups in my school and my teaching peers praise a strict attitude and a stone-cold voice, I don't want to conform to what this world praises 
because that doesn't look like Jesus to me. It's also very common in my field, and probably a lot of yours too, um, to complain, have a negative attitude, and gossip. And this one is particularly really easy for me to slip right into, especially when I have the justification of wanting to love and befriend my coworkers. Um, but if the way that I build relationships with them is by conforming to their ways, I'm not sure that those are relationships I should be engaging in. Um, but again, I do think that God wants me to befriend and build relationships with my coworkers. I think that's really valuable to him. Um, but the way that I build relationships with them should show my renewed mind and my way of thinking to them should be noticeably different. And so when my coworkers are eating lunch and choose to gossip about someone else in the school, I have to remind myself of the scripture do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then I can choose to turn the conversation around with something positive or even confront the gossip head on. And when I've had a really crappy day at work and I want to come home and embody the habits that I often see at school, um, just wanting to complain about how I've been wronged and be pitied by my husband and my husband, singular. <laughs> um, and my friends, I need to tell myself, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Because even though I don't think it's bad to come home and share my hardships with other people, with Austin or with my friends, I know that God desires me to also balance that attitude um, with hope and gratitude. So a quick reminder of Romans 12.2 can lead me out of the dark cloud of negativity that drains me and the other people around me and bring me back into the light. Um, and last time, um, of my example of just how I'm influenced in my school setting, I'm often hyped up by my very well-meaning coworkers and friends to do uh, whatever I want, lots of self-care in the form of TikTok binges and spending money on materials to treat myself because I have a really hard job. Um, and my job does have a lot of challenges for sure, but I, I'm not sure that it really aligns with what God wants to reward myself in the way that the world encourages. I'm not sure that God's view of rest is the same um, as how my environment is encouraging me to rest. Um, so I must deliberately choose, again, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Yeah. So I can be really influenced by the world around me, but I know that God's ways give real and full life, which is why I'm really thankful that the Spirit has given the Scripture as just a quick reminder um, to not give in to the easier, foolish ways of the world. And I'm also really thankful that the Spirit has not only the power, but also the desire to change our minds um, and our ways of thinking towards what is good and what is true. So I just want to end by encouraging you all to think about how you're being influenced by um, the world around you, what kinds of things you're believing, and ask God how he wants to renew uh, your heart and your mind. Thanks. I don't know how well this is going to work out, but I'm going to give it a shot. 
My name's Scott Dugan, and uh, I've been coming to Northeast Church for many, many years. My mentor is here with us, Ronnie Worsham. Um, studied with him in 1995 and was baptized then. And the funny thing was, and Ronnie knew, was that, and I'll get to my verse in a second, okay? <laughs> funny thing was, is, you know, when I was baptized, and coming out of the world and into Christ, my thought was I wasn't going to have any more troubles. I was one of those guys John talked about last week. You know, I was like, you know, I just avoided trouble as much as I could. And to the point where my verse is John sixteen thirty three. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And funny, as a new Christian, every time I came to that, it's like my brain shut off when it says, in this world you will have trouble. And I just skipped right past that. And got to the part, the good part, where Jesus has overcome the world. And um, so, you know, life happens, and things happen, and there's a lot of things that aren't good that happen to us in, in our lives. And those things would happen, and I would begin to, you know, just kind of let my attention be drawn more to what's happened to me rather than just how awesome the Lord is that I serve. And this is a little subtle deal that, you know, I believe wholeheartedly Satan's behind 100%. He's the deceiver. He's the distractor. He wants to take our attention and move it elsewhere besides our Savior. And so my constant attention to what happened to me often displaced the recognitions of the blessings that I have in my life. And... By the way, um, this computer's going to die. <laughs> so <laughs> I did everything but check the battery. <laughs> and I'm not real tech savvy, so my printer doesn't work. And, you know, so any of you guys that want to come over and help me out, let me know. <laughs> so setting up a, you know, a printer to me is trouble. So, you know, I'm going to avoid that at all costs. Um, but, you know, uh, my view of life and God was also tainted by what had happened to me. You know, it's like, why is this happening to me? Is God really that good of a God, you know, to let some of these things happen in my life? And, you know, it seems pretty childish. You know, it's like a kid not getting their way, you know, and that's how I would respond to a lot of my problems and troubles that I had. My troubles drove me away from God rather than draw me closer to Him. And that was really key, you know. I mean, because of some of the other things in my life and my lifestyle, that generated more power to those things rather than me leaning into God and, you know, walking through the troubles with Him. In Psalms 34, 16 through 17, it says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the broken heart and saves the crushed in spirit. You know, sometimes that's really hard to believe in this life. Um, 
But it is true. And when you're hopeless and you're really down, try to lean into that. You know, over the Christmas holidays, we have the family over. Sorry. I haven't talked in a while. Usually when I talk more frequently, I can overcome some of my emotions. But when it's been a while, it's tougher. Um, But over, over that break, you know, when we had the family over, I walked outside and I just was like, I am so blessed. All these things that have happened to me can't compare to what I have. And so, and this is the work of God. You know, this is, this is a steady, progressive work in me over, what is it, five, 28 years, almost 30 years he's been working in my life, allowing some of these things Not necessarily the bad things happen to me, but allowing me to process through this so I can return back to him. It's incredible. It's one of the coolest things that we can trust God, whether you do or not right now, is that he's always at work in us and through us and with through the people that are in our lives. And... It's his perfect plan that causes significant change in our lives. It's not anything I do. It's in his process that it caused me to see just how blessed I have been by my wife. Through all the years, you know, I look and I see how hard she works and how fiercely she loves people. Um, to see how just the tremendous blessing of our grandchildren and our children, to see how incredibly loyal my friends have been through the years, and to see that my challenges aren't any greater than anybody else's. You know, when you're really getting hammered in life, that's for me, was a tendency to think that way, is, you know, nobody else is going through what I'm going through, and it's just a lie. So kind of in closing, my challenge to the body is just not do your best not to forget Jesus when you're going through hardship, because that's what Satan's going to use that hardship to drive you in that direction. Um... Don't be deceived and give more weight to your troubles that you have or have had than to just how incredibly blessed you are. Jesus made this statement prior to going to the cross, this this, this verse. You know, he went through this long list of what the apostles and the disciples were going to go through. And he made that statement before he was going to the cross, which is... You know, if it it was me, I'd be, gosh, guys, I'm about to die, you know. And, you know, but his thoughts were on his, his, us. 
Prior to his execution, his biggest concern was that they have peace and that they would not fall away. He knew that they would and that we would have to be courageous in this world. He knew that we would be tempted to see the world as the victor, like we're a victim, a victim of the world. But it isn't. He is and he will not, he will not stop working until all is restored. You know, so this stuff that we're going through is just part of the restoration. It's going to be restored. He is going to return. And all these hardships will be a thing of the past. He will not stop blessing us amidst all of our troubles. It's just a matter of if we see it, if we're in tune with Him. And I'm going to close with another scripture. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That's 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. And the thing that struck me about this verse is the last sentence where he says, for our light and momentary troubles. You know, my troubles are massive in my mind, but he puts them into perspective as far as how they relate to the kingdom. So, thank you.